Welcome to Season 2 of Shock Your Potential. This podcast is designed to help you to achieve your best self professionally and personally. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. My guests bring a wealth of experience, and their stories hold messages that transform me with every conversation. I seek out those whose businesses, lives, and causes challenge me to be my best, and hopefully, they will impact you just as much. I'm an author and speaker on leadership, sales, and the customer experience, and I want to help you to shock your potential. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And now, let's meet our next guest. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I'm on location today in the beautiful uh, Philadelphia Conference Center, and today I'm here as a part of, or as a member, as a, as just a uh, participant in the Pennsylvania Women's Conference. And along my path, I ran into an individual and her organization that I think is very important for many, many reasons, but just shockingly great in terms of what it can remind us uh, that what we can do and the power of our voice and the power of the voices of the people in our lives, the younger people in our lives that we love. So joining me today is Marty Berniker and she is the executive director of a group called Speak Up. So first of all, Marty, welcome. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you. It's a, I'm, I know it's a unique experience, especially sitting in this crazy big uh, conference center, but I love to do things remotely because it just really captures um, you know, groups, individuals, businesses that, that stand out to me and have a message you know, worth definitely worth talking about and listening to. So tell us a little bit about what, what Speak Up is about and, and you know, your mission, a little bit about your organization as a whole. So Speak Up is about um, elevating the voice of young people. We help, uh, we're in 40 schools in the area, suburban and urban, public and private, middle and high schools. And we get young people speaking up about what's going on in their lives, what they find hard or challenging, um, and that it's based on this simple premise that if you can be honest about the reality of your life and what's going on and what you're feeling, what you're going through, you're going to find support and solutions and you're going to help other people along the way without even realizing it. And um, we also believe that this generation of young people, we need to view them as problem solvers, not problems to be solved. And just that shift makes a really big difference in how we interact. And if adults can listen without judgment, young people will actually tell us how to best guide and support them. It's really true. And I think one of the reasons I didn't tell you guys when I stopped earlier, but one of the reasons that this really struck me as I walked by is as a teenager, I suffered from depression. And in my family, there's not a, an understanding of that. So if I was having a down day, and I'm doing the air quotes, people thought, well, you're just having a down day, go get happy. And it took me a long time in my life to realize that I could speak about those things and understand depression and not be ashamed to talk about it with my family. Um, and it, that's not easy. I, and, you know, that was at that point in time, Prozac had just maybe come out, so people were barely starting to talk about things like depression. Now we know that our young people are facing so much more in in addition just to the normal um, hormonal triggers for things like depression or other mental illness or just loneliness. Now they're facing bullying and now they're facing other challenges. It's still very difficult for some people to speak up and speak out. So 
Tell us some of the ways that you're helping them to find their voice. Sure. I mean, I think one of the most um, empowering things, one of the best things that happens in Speak Up is, first of all, we create a teams of student leaders in the school. That's how it all starts. We go into a school and we create a team of student leaders. Anyone can join. And we want it to be as diverse a group as we can. Like in our kids' school, there's 100 kids on the student leadership team. And the idea that they are becoming leaders in just being their authentic selves and being willing to share that, not with everybody, but just pick trusted people and be willing to share what's going on in your life. And in our um, sessions, what's so cool is our results coming out are that 96% of our participants say they feel less alone and 93% are more willing to ask for help. And you talked about having depression when you were younger. Right now, 20% of young people struggle with a mental health issue and only one in five of them will get help. So this idea, the other thing that we found to be so true is, you really cannot always see who's struggling. In fact, sometimes the people who seem the best are struggling the most, and because we can't always see it, we need them to say it. We do a really good job getting kids comfortable speaking up. And there are things that we as adults can do that parents can learn and educators can learn that will make it more likely. Things like treat them as equals in the conversation, a level playing field. Um, ask how can I be helpful don't just kind of rush in with advice listen first um, you know really I know one parent asked for example how do I create stress in your life and they had this phenomenal conversation um, so what we love about speak up is regardless of the problem if it's anxiety depression if it's um, you know drugs or alcohol or eating disorders relationships social media no matter what it is we don't really focus on the problem, we focus on the fact that the solution to any of those problems begins with being willing to speak up and ask for help. And that's a mindset, and that's a skill set, and we're helping young people and educators and parents develop it. So this simple model works for all different audiences for any issue at any time, and it's accessible. It's just this idea that if you can find the courage to speak up, and it's so cool to watch in a breakout room when a young person like yourself at that time would say, um, I feel like I have depression, but people don't really want to relate to that or they don't believe it. Or, and then to see how many other people in that room will say the same thing. Um, we had a young man who was 17 years old and he came out of his breakout and he said, you know, I've really been struggling with depression, but I didn't want to tell my parents, but because of tonight I'm going to. And when we talked to them about why they didn't want to tell their parents, he said, well, to be honest, my parents are so stressed and I didn't want to burden them. And then we heard that theme over and over again. And so it's so interesting because people think that teenagers are selfish, but really they are trying to protect us. They don't, they don't want to disappoint us. They don't want to burden us. And just knowing that, that that's a barrier to them speaking up is helpful to us as adults. Absolutely. And I know with myself, I didn't know it was depression. I didn't know that term that, you know, now I think people are more worldly with it, but I just knew I, you know, things were hard and they were tough, but you, you know, you made the point about often the person that's struggling the most is the one you'd never guess, and that was me. I had a smile on my face all the time, and it makes me watch people differently now as an adult, especially once I learned more about it. I learned how to control, uh, you know, my, frankly, my eating is the biggest thing. When I eat a balanced diet and I have a lot of protein and I exercise, I don't face that challenge anymore. It took a long time of learning that. But I, one other thing that you brought up that I wanted to uh, just make note of is, you know, you said help them to understand to t who to talk to, and not everybody, because in our social media world where everything seems to be plastered, I see so many kids that are also every heartbreak, every I can't believe so-and-so hates me, you know. Some of the things I see out there is so constantly 
sharing all of their baggage that I think people become numb to maybe the fact there is something else going on and they don't know you know kind of the selective find the right person who's actually going to listen and help rather than venting to the whole world because then you don't find any solutions that way I mean there's a lot of things to navigate well it's interesting we were seeing about five years ago we were seeing so we used to just want you to feel less alone and be more willing to ask for help and to know kind of where to go that's what we used to say about five years ago we were seeing a lot of kids going to college and not making the transition well and they were coming home either with mental health challenge or drug and alcohol or just severe homesickness or different things and one of the main reasons we think that is is because they didn't have their adults there that they could talk to they didn't have a network of support there yet and so we had started messaging so we start with sixth graders who speak up and we've started messaging to them that it's actually you want we want you to feel less alone be more willing to ask for help and we want you to know specifically who you would go to and we have this exercise we do with them called your your support house and it's this idea that it's not one person that you as a young person you're responsible for building your network of support you're responsible for thinking about who can I talk to about this who can help me with this about everything it's not even things that are just challenged it's just that mentality of like oh people have been through the shared experience and we have um, when we use the support house we talk about okay who are your walls like who are the people that really like hold you up strong who is your chimney the people that you can blow off steam with like who is your billboard out front the ones that are your cheerleaders that when you really just need someone to tell you you're great and it's going to be okay and just thinking about different adults and the role that they can play in helping you and thinking about you know what would be useful to you so we say to parents you know ask your kids like what would be helpful um, how can I be helpful as opposed to just sort of jumping in and they tell us they tell us you know so and it's not one size fits all we have this joke that sometimes um, parents will say the best time to talk to your teenagers is in the car because it's a captive audience and it's not eye to eye and then the kids some kids will say ah oh, I feel like a car hostage you know because it's not one size fits all but you can ask you can ask your teenager like hey you know is this a good time to talk or is there a better time and together you can problem solve pretty much anything yeah you might find that they would rather go sit at Starbucks and be away from the house away from the car you know have some distractions but yet still be private yeah you never know one of my favorite speak up stories was a middle school and a dad in one of the breakout sessions said my kid is not texting me from inside the house this is ridiculous and his son in a different breakout room said I find it so much easier to tell my dad how I feel in text there you go gotta listen to him they're gonna tell us the truth no matter if we want to listen to it or not so we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit about uh, some experiences that you've had. So we'll be right back. Are you a fan of luxury handbags? Do you have one or more in your closet that need a new home? Then meet Rebag, the online luxury handbag authority that rethinks the role of luxury in the secondary market. Buy, sell, repeat. Rebag puts the seller first and caters to a growing segment of consumers who are looking at the ownership of luxury goods in a more sustainable way. How does it work? Simply submit pictures on the Rebag mobile app and receive a free quote in less than one business day. Or, if you're in New York City, drop by one of their stores and head straight to the Rebag bar. You'll get a quote on the spot. Use your prepaid label to ship your bag from anywhere in the U.S. Once Rebag receives the item, payment is issued instantly, which is an industry first, and customers receive their funds within one to two business days. To learn more, visit Rebag.com backslash sell backslash shock your potential, or find our link on our website. 
at shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. I really appreciate the mission that you're doing. This really is something that inspires me. It's a shockingly great system. It's a shockingly great and simple process, but it all comes down to whether or not we do it and then we follow through. Fabulous. Well, I'm glad you shared that with me. So let me just ask you a couple of questions that are more on the personal level, because one of the things that I, I love to do is highlight how people get through their career, how they get through their businesses, because we all face challenges in that area. We've all had things that we've overcome. And so one of the questions that I have now been asking people are, is, you know, can you think of what your greatest challenge has been in your career or maybe even with the building of this organization? Just anything that relates to the professional path that you've taken that you have, you know, how you overcame it or how you're trying to overcome it or how you tried and you didn't, you know, you didn't get there because sometimes our failures are just as important as the successes. So I've always been in the nonprofit sector. I've been at different parts and um, I think one of the challenges for me is to um, acknowledge and play to my strengths. You know, I can spend a lot of time focusing on what skills I may not have or what skills I need to build and what skills I need to develop. And sometimes I think it's helpful just to shift that a little bit and stay strength-based and solution-focused as opposed to looking back and focusing on problems or deficits, just really kind of leaning into who I am. That doesn't mean that I get to just say, well, this is who I am, but it means just shifting the emphasis a little bit. So an example would be, um, you know, my mom was the founder of this organization, Speak Up, and we had um, a successor um, who had come in after my mom was transitioning, and it did not um, stay. Uh, we were looking for somebody else. It didn't work out. And when we were looking for somebody else and we were doing the interviews, I had had the opportunity the first time to do it, um, and I had turned it down. And the second time in, in the interview process, just to realize, like, I didn't... You know, I don't have all the things that are needed, but I have many of them, and not everybody has, no one has everything that's needed. And so it was this idea of just, you know, recognizing that uh, the strengths that you have can be put to good use. And, yeah. That's a really good point. I was thinking about a quote that I heard. I can't, I can't remember who said this or where I've heard. I've heard versions of this many times, and I hate to have it be a, a female versus male type of topic, but I've heard it said that, if a man knows he can do 60% of the job when he goes to interview it, he feels like, oh, I've got this, I know it. Women feel like if I don't know that I have 100% of those qualifications or that history, I don't know if I'm not. I'm going to be able to do it well. And, and it's a mind shift change to just go, where are my strengths and what can I play to the table? I think that's excellent. <laughs> so another question I ask everybody is, um, because I focus on excellence, is there an example that you've been the recipient of, of either leadership, sales, or a customer of experience that was so shockingly good that it stuck with you? Um, one of my mentors early in my career, I used to work at the Pew Foundation, and early in my career I was thinking about making a change to a different type of philanthropy, and I was going back and forth and back and forth, and he said, you know, um, it's if, I, if you said you wanted to be the head of a foundation in 15 years, how would you get there? And I said, well, I don't know, there's a lot of different paths. And he said, precisely. It's not like it used to be where if you want to be um, a certain career position, that the path, that there's one kind of sequential linear path to do that, that there's lots of different ways to arrive. And so for me, I decided that I wanted to 
each job opportunity that would come up was that I wanted to wake up and want to go to work, like the people I worked with, be sure that I was learning and that I was contributing. And it's always worked out for me that way. It's just kind of always evolved into the next right thing. It's fantastic, especially when someone gives you the advice to say, don't get so hung up on what you have to do perfectly to get there. Understand that you can take a lot of different routes. It's just about making sure you're moving in the right direction. Excellent. So if you could go back in time and talk to the younger Marty at any point in time and give her advice that would have shocked her potential farther, faster, or kept you on the same path, what point in time in her life would you go back and what would you tell her? I think... Um, sorry, I'm going to think about this one. I, I know sometimes people are like, I would go back and tell myself so many things. I can't think of just one. I think just trusting that things will work out because when I look back at things that seemed the hardest when I was going through them and it more like a transition in my husband's career or um, some transitions in my own when, when I look back and at the time something seemed like this was the worst possible outcome at the time turned out in hindsight to be some of the things I'm most grateful for when the plan kind of evolved and new opportunities opened up so I think that really is just trusting that if things were going to work out, what would you do next? Beautiful. Well, I know that uh, I'll make sure that we have all your contact information for your organiz organization on our show notes, but for people who are listening, what's the best way for them to learn about Speak Up and how to find you guys? Sure. Go to speakup.org. Um, we have a great video on there that talks about our program. We have a list of our partner schools in the area. If you happen to have Speak Up at your school, do yourself a favor and experience it. It's really incredible. Join our mailing list and we can share with you some of the tips and strategies and things we've learned listening to thousands of youth and families every year. Now, just because of, I should have told you before, I actually have listeners all over the country and all over the world. Yeah. So what if there's people that don't have this already in their, in their communities? Can they learn more about it and maybe think about um, you know, how they can implement this in their communities? Or do you have kind of sister chapters or organizations elsewhere? We are currently just in this footprint. We do have one school in New Jersey, but we are working diligently on um, strategies to remove the barriers to expanding. So some technology things we're doing, we're working um, in deeper partnership with our existing schools to train educators in how they can deliver the program as opposed to it just being our staff. That leaves that capacity um, inherent in the school. They see the students all the time. and so. It is a strategy that makes sense for a number of reasons, and so we're hoping that in doing that, we will also be able to reach more schools, youth, and families. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time today to tell us a little bit more about Speak Up, and uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and your organization. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My book, Tell Me More, how to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees is available on Amazon and through my website. And look for my second book later this year, Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget, shock your own potential today. 
I'm excited to announce that the second edition of my book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is now available on Amazon. To get a sneak preview and the first 10 pages of the book, text the words, Tell Me More, to 72000. That's 72000 and the words, Tell Me More.